Margie Worthington podcast all day. All day. Dream by night. <laughs> Don't buy me a drink. Just give me 10 bucks. Yeah, all day. <laughs> Go down to the strip club with your floppy disk and turn it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. You'll get fucking thrown out by Big Tony. <laughs> We're here to name names and make people feel more ashamed for shit that they're not proud of. Don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. Oh, whatever it is. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Marky Worthington Comedy Podcast. This is episode 48 with Daniel Muggleton. Uh, it's good to have Daniel on the show. He's been on the uh, the Dream Guest list for a little while. It was cool to uh, actually get him on here. Uh, this is my first um, video um, episode that was done online. So uh, I hope the layout and everything all looks good for, uh, for everyone watching at home. If you're listening to the audio episode of this and you want to see the uh, see the video, it's on my YouTube channel, which is the same as my um, social media for um, Facebook and Instagram. It's just all Marky Worthington comedy on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, and if you want to check me out on Twitter, it's Marky Comedy. Um, and if you uh, have any feedback you want to give for the show, just uh, put it in the comment section on the YouTube video or on the social media posts. Or you can email me directly at MikeyWorthingtonComedy at gmail.com. Uh, make sure you also check out uh, Daniel's um, social medias. Um, he's got a whole bunch of uh, cool online content, and I've put links to that in the um, description of the show and also in the social media posts behind this episode. So cheers for tuning in, and uh, let's get into the episode. I love it. I love that it's the Marky Worthington podcast with Marky Worthington. <laughs> What's up, man? Good to good to see you. Good to see and hear from you. The people probably don't understand just how long it took for that to be successful. But <laughs> now I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, Mark. I'm feeling happy. Awesome, dude. Oh, it's um, you can see exactly how um how skilled I am with uh, technology just by the length of the beard. Like I feel like as far, like as far as people with beard over ten inches go, I'm probably the quickest to be able to set up a Zoom call. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of just because of the game, the game wizards. Was it called the games? Games wizards. Like, oh remember? yeah. Like and yeah, it was like a man dressed like a wizard who apparently knew a lot about video games, and I think people have kind of decided that is the aesthetic. You know? <laughs> that's how we're gonna do it from now on. Yeah, well, it comes down to. Um... It comes down to necessity. It's funny, like, all of a sudden people just learnt technology when it, they made it the law to check into places. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> used to be such a mystery, but now <laughs> even the dumbest can, can check in on their own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people that... Um, oh, and also, it's just been a proven thing, dude. Like, QR codes for forced check-ins and sports bet. They're the two things that have made people that were more or less technology illiterate fucking just work it out yeah it's like i need to be able to gamble on this immediately fine i'll learn how to download an app i can do it <laughs> dude i've um i've so i am seeing open mic um in so you're you're based in sydney yeah yes i'm a i'm a sydney person currently currently locked down which is why i was available for this podcast usually uh i would have politely declined but uh given the lockdown it's an honor to be here thank you <laughs> yeah well given the um given the content like in hindsight you'll know to politely decline in future but um <laughs> for now i'll enjoy this moment of glory while i've got got, got while sydney's on the ropes <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i, I run an open mic um in uh, balcon and in canberra and um 
I've had like Pete, you, you have you ever like emceed open mics or sort of like been run a room or anything like that? Oh my god, are you actually asking me this question? Have you done no research on me at all? <laughs> really? Really dude, I ran Mug and Kettle Comedy in Sydney for I think I don't know, it was like two or three years and like that was an open mic, a sign up on the night open mic mm. as many acts as wanted to perform open mic and i would host the second half of that for about a year maybe a year and a half and continue hosting the second half for like maybe a little bit longer like yeah i i've i've done it like i feel like i saw so much open mic in 2014 that i've still seen all of it yeah you know? <laughs> you've seen enough i've seen like you i got an open mic now and i'm like i fucking saw this guy <laughs> 15 i know exactly where this joke is going he's going to <laughs> to attack. But, you know, i got it fuck dude look at that man you straight up big shot at me you're like dude first of all you should be glad i'm here second of all you didn't even fucking research me before we did this thing i i honestly for a second thought that question was a goof you know, like, <laughs> i thought you were messing with me being like hey dan you ever done any of that like, <laughs> yeah. no i right? just I just genuinely sound fucking condescending when I talk to people that are a lot higher than in the in the totem pole than me. Mate, no totem poles here. You know how to work all this fancy technology. I am the ground supporting the totem pole. Yeah, you, you're just you're just fucking good at comedy. That's like the thing I should be actually focusing on. Hey, I have never told anyone that they should focus on being good at comedy. If they choose to do so, yeah, fucking give it a red hot go. But any other pursuit is more valuable and remunerated better. Any other pursuit. A games <laughs> wizard is more respected. <laughs> Fucking hell. How's that? Been in the uh, been in the episode for like, for what, five minutes, 40 seconds for those of you playing at home and fucking it's already chucked a call back in here already. So that's how the Look. professionals do it, man. Look, man, I, I've, I've been bringing things up in conversation for years. I'm an expert. Uh, <laughs> Very comfortable with it. Uh, was that when you uh, met Jeff at that um, open mic? Uh, Jeffrey Charles, one of the local Canberra comedians there. I think he put uh, put me on to you actually as far as like meeting you in person because he had you at one of his rooms here in Canberra. Yeah, that was the last time I was in Canberra. And uh, yeah, Jeff was from Mug and Cattle. And it's just it, the weird thing about Jeff is like <laughs> when he, he was at Mug and Cattle when I was, I think I was 23 or something maybe mm. 24 yeah and like in my head he was like 35 you know like he had a job <laughs> i think that was like kind of like a wife like maybe like the like a child was like impending you know not even like <laughs> a, like one was coming and i was like look at this old man i'm the youth i'm smoking he's procreating and then like now when i see him like i realize he's like three years older than me like <laughs> There's no age difference at all. Like, and I was like, man, I used to think you were this grown up and I was just so mistaken the whole time. Dude, I feel like that's a big three years though. Like that. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I, I, I totally, I think that is a very good point. Yeah. Those three years, it's like, um, like when I, when I was 15, dude, my, um, 
and I just turned 16, dude, my girlfriend that I was dating was also just turned 16 at like the same age, dude. And she left me cause she had a hots for some dude that was like 19. <laughs> and I was just like, that guy is such a fucking adult. Like there is no way that I'll ever compete with that guy. Like three years in that, um, point was so much for me. But then when I was 19, I was just like, there is no fucking way that I would ever let a 15-year-old look at me. Yeah. I I didn't actually think about the creepy side of that. I was on the, as, as a 16-year-old, 19-year-old seems like you're about to get your super. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are. But yeah, like... I'm trying to remember because I was actually, th when you said that, I was thinking about two of my friends, like one of them, he is like married, he's like high school sweetheart, but like, I think he was 18, she was 17 mm -hmm. or maybe 16. It was like, you know, very ballpark in there. Um, like they were met when they were still at school, kept going out. Yep. And like we gave him so much shit for being a pedophile, like all that <laughs> stuff, like just like, dude, like. Did you meet her at the playground? Like, blah, 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 all that <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're 18 and you think you're funny, right? And then now another friend of mine who did that with me, he's like 32 and dating someone who just turned 21. And we're like, yeah, that's fine. Like, good for him, you know? Like, that's that's nice. Everyone's everyone's of age. But like, yeah, the eight, the as soon as you're above 18, anything below 18 is fucking creepy. I'm with you on that. 100. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, fucking weird, dude. So, like, I, um, even when I was, like, so I, I usually, I'm, I'm a, I'm a relationship guy, right? Like, if I'm gonna, if I need to, if, if I hook up with someone, it's with commitment of at least six months. Sure. Uh, yeah, like, I'm just that kind of motherfucker, man. I can't, I can't just jump into something for, like, for, for me to get laid, I need to show that I'm more committed than a one-night stand. That's the sort of ponds I fucking fish in. Um right like it it's like it's like you've brought the beard to everyday life you know it's just oh like, dude this beard it's, is it's it's powerful it's, it's, <laughs> in the making. it's a relationship beard yeah um <laughs> it's, it's like when you count the notches on a tree like each few inches of my beard is how like a relationship <laughs> that's quite i i like that that's kind of adorable <laughs> yeah it's like because like you know your next girlfriend is going to want you to cut it off because you're like that's your ex that's your ex that's your ex oh dude that's like a thing i could totally just imagine just every new girlfriend you have to completely shave so whoever's got the longest beard has been with his girl for the longest or partner or whatever it's amazing no religions have really had a crack at that <laughs> It seems like good policy, you know? <laughs> Dude, I can tell you for a fact in my experience, it's been a long-lasting thing when it comes to girls and their bush because I can tell you the longer the bush, the longer we've been together. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I look, I want you to know I'm a professional, but that threw even me. I don't know where to take the conversation after that because like, with that beard, I'm just like, I don't... Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. That's the thing. When that's a, actually a point. Like when I'm on stage, I find that if I address the fact that I have a beard, like I do, like a um, like a self-deprecation bit or some shit like that, it's nearly like there's like a sigh of relief in the room because they're like, finally, he addressed his fucking appearance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that, like. 
But I, I, I bring that as like in any gig you do, everyone needs context for you. Mm. That's that's like what like a famous comedian doesn't have to deal with because like everyone already has context. Like they know their old jokes. They know like about them. Like as soon as they come on stage, they're ready to go. But like when you're complete unknown, like people need to be like, why is this person here? What's going on? Am I safe? You know, like what's happening? And like by addressing something to do with how you look, it is the most basic example of giving them like, oh, okay, he's at least got a mirror. Mm. You know, like that's good. This would be be good. He's got a mirror. He's looked at himself before. He's thought about it. This is good stuff. True. It's also like, I feel like, uh, actually was listening, I used to listen to uh, The Church, What's Happening Now with Joey Diaz. Mm. And he'd have all these like, um, comedy like philosophies about shit like hey if you want to like you know address yourself do it in the middle of your set because you know like don't do it at the start because they'll like the the audience will only focus on that thing for the rest of your set and not listen to your jokes and like he's got all these like theories about like the right way to do stuff that's interesting I mean everyone does like I think every comedian's like hey you know the way that I do it that's the right way like everything is wrong (laughs) right like that's i think you know that's that's comedians it's just like this is definitely what you gotta do because i mean that i'm I'm telling you the same thing like i i started doing it in the uk because i'd wear like a tracksuit and i'd have my accent which is clearly not british uh or not like from liverpool for example because i could wear red a lot Hmm. and so like by kind of addressing immediately that i was australian and i wasn't from there but i knew i was wearing a tracksuit they'd you know, it'd be out of their mind being like, where's that guy from? You know, yeah. Like, otherwise that's yeah. Where's that, what's with that? We're confused by that. Yeah. Good, good point. Actually. Like you, um, get diff. I even noticed that if I do comedy in a different city, um, I sometimes need to like address that sometimes like, or like if I'm reading the crowd, they might actually, I might feel like a, less tension if i just address the fact that i'm not from that town or whatever like for example if i'm doing like i've done uh, riverina comedy at wagga before and mm. like they know that i'm not dane simpson they know that i'm not the comedian for wagga yeah so um like if i was a comedian in wagga they would know me most likely if they're a comedy crowd so I find sometimes the first thing I want to do is address the fact that I'm not from Wagga or I'm like have a joke related to, you know, you see all the time with like touring comedians and when you do it yourself, there's like always the icebreaker of just like, fuck, you got enough roundabouts here in Canberra or some shit like that, that like. Yeah. You just, you just address where you are. Cause like it puts you in the room, it puts them in the room and it's like, it's, it's normal. Like that's the thing. Like. I'm, I'm a big, you know, if you want to talk about like comedy theories, I guess, like I'm a big, like comedy is just speech. Like it's just how we talk to each other, but it's, it's a one-sided conversation, you know? And so like in an interaction, if you're not from somewhere, you'd probably mention it. Hmm. Like it'd probably be part of the connecting with the other person. You'd be like, oh yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm new to Wagga. Like, where do I go to the, like, it just, you know, it puts everyone <laughs> at ease. So it's, it's the same. Like that's. Yeah. The only thing that uh, fucks me off is when a comedian's like, I'm just going to, I got to point, I got to point this thing out. Like, you know, especially if they're bombing or something, he's like, well, this isn't going well. Mm. That's not enough. 
your job is to point things out and then make a joke about it. If you're just looking to point things out, the re- the job you're looking for is reporter. TV <laughs> <laughs> weatherman. That's traffic reporter in the helicopter. That's when you just describe stuff. That's that job. Commentator for sport. Also useful. But comedy, we do jokes at the end. That's the big difference. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. That's actually a really good point. Um, and... <laughs> Like, after being such a uh, open mic entrepreneur like yourself, you've probably seen the best and worst of it. Oh, yeah. I've seen the I've seen the worst jokes ever. It's like, you know, it's time for thinking about, like, great and sucks and how, like, great and sucks are actually really close. Like, everyone thinks they're, like, poles apart. <laughs> and, and, like, yeah, the worst comedy you've ever seen is very close to the best comedy you've ever seen. Like, it just totally comes around like a ring. Like, yeah. I will never forget that. And you see the best routine of your life from like Dave Chappelle live. And you're like, I'll never forget that. But I also remember the thrift shop parody, which was very homophobic (laughs) right there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, true. Yeah. It's walking that line. And, and also I've seen some of the great sets or set, well, sets are going really well, just like instantly turn because of like a joke or like something that wasn't relatable or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or I've seen at an open mic with the fast turnaround. So what I was uh, getting to before uh, was the um, the open mic I run. Mm. I've actually looked over. I can't just leave something unsaid, can I? I've got to go back like I had a point to make at the start of this and I have to like go back and then reiterate on the thing that I was going to say. But um, we're talking about sports bets. I've literally seen like a dude just off the stage before he goes up like a walk up that wasn't on the list. Hey, can I get up? Yeah, sure. And he's like, just going like, come on, come on. Just watching like a dog race on his phone before he goes on stage. (laughs) I like that. that. (laughs) Just having some money on, on the dogs. And then like you, you realize the race is on just before you get on stage. Mm. Um, but like you're saying before with the, the, um, running the open mic, uh, you you might see like because it's got such a fast turnaround um, mm. between comedians, you'll see someone just like absolutely decimate the room in like a five minute set. Yeah, and the next person will get residual laughs from the person before. Like you can sometimes walk into a hot room and just be like, "Oh yeah, I've like the last guy warmed this up. For, for, I basically just need to keep it going." as an MC, oh yeah, just keep it going for the next comedian, bring up the next person. And they might be any other day of the week just completely uh, bombing, right? But they get up after that person and kill. Because yeah. people are like ready to laugh. Yeah, because everyone's having a good time, you know? Like the the what they need to add is that much lower, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like if everyone's on cocaine like what they have to say doesn't need to be that interesting like the bar is just like the pure aggression of them saying it will push them to be like here we go here we are like it's it's just the atmosphere you're in like my favorite as like seeing an open mic is just watching that goodwill drain like that first act the crowd's loving it they're having a good time they're like laughing being like ah oh, how good was that guy next person comes up how good is this guy we're enjoying that and they realize like 30 seconds in that they're garbage <laughs> yeah which is to silence like that because like you know the human 
I feel like the human collective mood shifts so quickly. Like, it's just they all immediately agree together. Like, I had this great bomb at Melbourne Comedy Festival this year, like, doing silent comedy. So it was like everyone had headphones on and I was, like, doing my set in with thing. Like, I had headphones, like, you know, it was just a weird environment. I'd done, like, so well at these shows, like, the first two. This guy was like, this is my new king. I'm going to book him all the time. I was on with, like, Lawrence Mooney and Jamoan. Like, Holy shit. Know, yeah, yeah. Pro dudes. And I'm like, let me show you how it's done all the time. But let's go. And then I go up and I'm just murdering. Like, it's going so well as usual. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Here we go. And then I just say one thing and lose them. And they do not laugh ever again. <laughs> like, I think it was seven. It was like seven or ten minutes. Like, it was so long that I had to keep doing not a single laugh that in i tried everything i moved every which way i talked to them i did that joke i did this bit just silence and then the mc goes on and they start laughing again immediately and it was great because lawrence mooney just went up to me and it was like man seeing you walk off was so funny because you shook your head like a batsman in cricket who got out like you, just, <laughs> you didn't know what all did you just kind of like what the fuck was that and Holy yeah, shit. I, I can still picture it like it's been it's been a while since I've bombed like that. Like that was like, it was just brutal. Like it was so wild. Just the silence, like in unison in an instant. It was like a hundred people. They were just like, nah. Holy like fuck. That. Dude, it's it fucking, I mean, you never, I think you're never really safe from a solid bombing. Even when you like been doing it for fucking years, man. Like, mm. it's back to Diaz real quick on his thing on bombing. He's like, dude, he will call his co-host for the podcast he used to do, laughing and be like, dog, you won't believe it. I bombed. Like, it feels tremendous. I like got it out of my system because <laughs> he's like, now I'm good. Like, I the way he looks at it, it's like good fellas. Like the way I see it, everybody's got to take a bombing someday. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean. It's funny because, like, I, the one thing with that is, like, I went from that to, like, another set, like, mm. I had to run across town to do it. And I think the time in between was, like, 10 minutes. Mm. Like, there was, like, no time in between sets. And I was, like, in a cab the whole time. And I, like, ran backstage and I just had to, like, go on. And you've still got this, like, bomb energy all over you. And you're just, like, I'm going to walk out and then I'm going to laugh again. Like, <laughs> and then you kind of get out and you're in the clear. But, like, it is like fight or flight because like you are just paying so much more attention to everything you do. Like you are like, am I standing right? How's my mic hand? Is it high enough? Yeah, on the mic? yeah. That's good. I should look at that person. I should fucking make eye <laughs> contact with that piece of <laughs> shit over there. I'm gonna not. I'm not bombing again. You know, you pointed at them like it's their fault. It's crazy. And, they, and they just have no idea. Like as a crowd, they're just like, yeah, cool. This guy's fine. Like you know, they don't. They don't know the internal. Like they don't have. They don't have the narrative that you have, you know, like you've got this linear progression of your night. Whereas they're like, I'm two beers in, I'm trying to fuck her. Just talk. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to be here. You know, we're like, I'm so important. Oh man. A hundred percent. Like the internal dialogue is partially what I just do on stage. Like I will sometimes just, 
Uh, not so much the commentary that you're saying about like where you're like, well, that didn't work, but it's more so like the I'll chop and change exactly what I did before where I was like, oh, I have to mention this sports bet thing from the start of the podcast that no one gives a fuck about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that on stage. I'll be like, oh, do you notice how I just dropped that thing that I started talking about because this is more important to me? And like a lot of what I do with my comedy is actually just addressing my fucking internal thought process, which to some people is funny. <laughs> I really like that, which to some people is funny with the subtext being and other people don't find it funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I'm commentating on my own commentary at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that can be really interesting when it's like done well and stuff. I, I don't know. I think I'm I'm pretty loose. Like you just you just want to be present. Like that's all it is. If you're in the room with them and like 100 percent there, like it tends to be a good time. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It reminds me um, of like the first time you go for a driving um, test or whatever, um, and it's like you're saying, like, have I got my hand on the mic stand? Am I looking at that guy correctly? Mm. Or like, have I got my hand? my other hand in the right spot, you know, I'm holding the mic close enough to my mouth, all that shit. Mm. Um, and then you're more likely to just fuck it up because you're just too, like, obsessed with the finer points. Whereas, like you're saying about being present, some of the best sets I've had have just been where I've, like, just gone out and just, like, done crowd work or uh, with a bit of material or rift or some shit and it's just fucking happened. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, like... Yeah, I mean, if you look at the driving test, like the reason that you're worried about all that stuff is like because you're not good at driving. Like you suck. You're 17. Like you, you want, like you haven't even got your P's. Like you're, <laughs> you're terrified every second. Like your missus just left you for a 19 year old. Exactly. Oh, it's been a rough day. You know, a lot's happened. But he's got his green P's. No wonder she fucks him. But like, <laughs> like yeah, it's really funny because I've actually got um, like a theory that like the the greatest like human attribute is our ability to essentially become bored of anything <laughs> like, no matter, like you know like if we were to do surgery we would be like oh my fucking like this is crazy like, i'm cutting it it's bleeding like, look at that you can see inside the torso like that's nuts like dude take a photo take a photo of me with the torso like you know like that's <laughs> kind of where you're at whereas a doctor is like cutting up, being like, oh man, I forgot to pay my power bill. That's so fucking annoying. Whatever. I get home. Like, what's well, my wife done the washing now? I can't remember. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, in that, you know, they're doing the thing because they're so bored of it. Their hand is fucking steady. Like, if they weren't, if they were excited, it'd tremble because they were excited. So, mm. like, the boredom is necessary, you know? <laughs> that's that's a fucking that's a good theory look i stand it's it's it's, it's been a keeper like it, it's never even made its way on stage it's just a genuine thing i think and it really it really makes me feel comfortable it makes me feel safe well if it makes you feel any better you haven't burnt it on this podcast so thank you very much yeah it's not going quite out to the masses i feel like I think, you've i thought you were gonna say if it makes you feel any better i'm not bored and i was like thank you so much it's really kind <laughs> you already were like assuming that i was gonna say say that yeah i was raised right man i don't assume anything positive that's you know that's uh it's just been it's just having a good father you know 
Oh man, that's what it's about. What it's about. Like I feel like um, when you first when like one of my first few sets were all about childhood, like random shit that my dad would say to me or whatever like that. As if it wasn't blatantly obvious that I had fucking dad didn't have daddy issues or some shit at this point <laughs> with this fucking everybody stare at me beard and shit. But um yeah. <laughs> but um I feel like that is a lot of what makes us well i'm not going to rope you and i together in this thing but i'm just saying what makes comedian tick comedians tick is like that um the experiences that they've had in their life that leads them to like these funny situations or obscure ways of looking at shit yeah i mean that's that's interesting because like have you heard that theory where it's like comedians is is this like is a comedian like a, a comedian or are they just like a funny person or are they just someone who's had like funny things happen to them like do you subscribe to any of that uh look to be honest with you like i spend a fair bit of time hanging out with like there are some comedians that are just like they're they got a missus and two kids waiting for them at home they come in do their stage time and leave and that's their like fun thing to do but there's some people that will like live it like, they'll hang out after the gig, fucking chat to everybody. I, f I still feel like that circle of four comedians talking in the car park while one's trying to fucking work out how much longer he needs to stay before he can drive after having two pints is the best fucking, like, little group of people to... That's, like, I've had more laughs there than, in, than some people being on stage. Mm. Um, and, like, I feel like that is kind of that... Um, that that um like environment where you talk about shit like that like things that have happened in the past or like crazy shit or like someone will say hey you know that story i told on stage that's actually fucking true like some crazy story that someone might tell and then you're like holy fuck is this just a coincidence that 90 percent of the people in this community have had some traumatic shit happen to them most of their life see this is the thing. I think I think comedians are kind of self-important, and I and I say that speaking over you while you listen intently. Um, but like, I think everyone goes through that stuff. Like, I don't I don't think there's many people who live like a, a trauma-free kind of Teflon life. And if they do, fucking hats off to them. Mm. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you're very happy being a real estate agent. You can <laughs> um, like. Yeah, I I think I think we just it's the way that like we process trauma cuz like I think that is like something that I got from my dad like very much so like when his mother died like my grandmother like we were making jokes on the way to the funeral and the way from the funeral to the wake you know <laughs> like about her like about her death which we had mm. not processed at all but that's how you know what I mean? Like That's that, how you deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. That like plus time shit is bullshit. It's like, no, no, no. Just get the jokes out. Like that'll make this more comfortable somehow. Well, I um heard like, back to another podcast. I'm basically just, I don't hang out with uh, people because of lockdown. So I just like pretend that the podcasts that I listen to are actually my friends. Um, yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to your manifesto. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, democracy manifest um <laughs> but uh 
they were actually talking about like I I I don't want to misquote this, but I'm pretty sure that it was when Mitzi Shaw died for the like the comedy mm. store, um, and uh, Polly Shaw after the funeral they all went out for food and uh he looks at the uh, menu and goes like fuck if mum's seen the prices here she'd die again <laughs> and uh it's just one of those situations where it's like that's how people sometimes deal with shit by making jokes about it mm. um but yeah like you you might like you you that's an interesting point there with um everybody going through that shit but i feel like comedians are more likely to talk openly about it which is why it seems like we're a higher percentage of um people that have experienced shit yeah i mean we're willing to talk about it publicly charge an entry price in exchange for you know some stars from reviewing <laughs> that's kind of what separates us other people have the dignity to get blackout drunk whisper it to their uber driver you know like it's different <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? The fucking the people that just get blackout drunk just um are, are uh, fucking gentlemen. Whereas uh, I will charge, like I'll find a way to instead of paying somebody to listen to my bullshit, I'll find a way for someone to fucking pay me for to to basically do my therapy. Yeah, it's like no, no, no. You, you this is my trauma is so entertaining. You should cancel your other plans, get a babysitter, and pay me $29. And by the way, afterwards, I will be selling T-shirts to help you remember the trauma. <laughs> it, but it's like, I, I don't know if it's like always trauma. Like, I think we do talk about trauma sometimes, but like, I liked, I forget who it was. Someone just talked about it. Comedians are just like annoyed by stuff. You know, like that's kind of all, like you, you break it down to anything. It's like we're frustrated by this thing that happened. And like, we've just found a way to monetize that. <laughs> like, we're just kind of like, ah, this fucking, like, you know, like real estate, like, you know, you got annoyed by seeing a real estate. With that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you just kind of bury it and you're like, <laughs> have an opportunity to call him a cunt. Bang. <laughs> got like, and you just, you get it out. Like, it's probably like when they yell in yoga, you ever seen that yelling yoga? Where they're like, ah, like, it's just that, but you know, Dude, people yoga. People at the gym, like, yelling between uh, or, like, towards the end of their set. It's fuck, mm. like, dude, I um, I've, I always wear headphones to the gym, gym or whatever. Like, I mean, yeah. people people out there are just shocked to fucking know that I even go. But I... Um, I mean, I thought you were talking about the gym purely anecdotally. You know, like, you heard it down the line, but a hearsay. But <laughs> good on you, dude. Get those gains. <laughs> well, um... I'll sometimes go and just yeah, there we go. I'm weaning off the the frequency of my visits. Sometimes I'll go yeah. like so on my annual visit to the gym. Um, <laughs> I um will, will sometimes hear people over the top of my headphones. I'll be like, damn, that person is really fucking yelling. Like, how could you? It's weird to think that someone's not at all concerned about their appearance or what people think of them to the point like i want that kind of fucking energy where i can just go to the gym and openly yell between sets and not give an actual fuck about what anyone thinks about me yeah i mean i i couldn't do that either which is real funny because like have you ever had people say that to you like you know you're so brave for going up there like i couldn't do what you do have you had that from like audience members and shit 
Uh, usually it's just to like make me feel better about bombing, but yeah, it's like it. I've I've heard I've heard from other comedians that that's a thing. <laughs> no, um, I get it from musicians because I like the bar that I do my open co- open mic at. I also mm-hmm. work there, and they have a lot of. That's primarily a live music venue. Oh, cool! And um, the musicians that play there will also know me from going to comedy there, and they'll be like regularly i'll get people come up to the bar that are in bands and just say like oh man you're the like i say like dude good fucking set or like hey man you like that was really cool what sort of guitar you use and i'll chat to them and be like nah man i got no skill man compared to comedy like i'm just like dude you have to like for me it's the other way around like me thinking about going out with a guitar and like trying to play a song without fucking it up is daunting like I don't, there's no set thing, like, for me to, I I can do whatever I want when I go out with a mic, but when you go out with a guitar, like, you need to have some sort of, um, like, song that you need to play, whereas if I, if I want to change my set midway through or something happens to the audience, I want to address it or whatever, I can, whereas it's so, like, linear to be a musician, I, I think that, in my mind, it'd be harder to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a funny one because like, I feel the same way. I'm like, what are you talking about? You guys have like actual talent and you have to, you know, you have to transport drums. How the <laughs> fuck do you do that? I don't know. They seem big. Like, I, I couldn't handle that. You see them stacked up like a wedding cake, like at the end of the gig. You're like, how did yeah. that, that all pack up? Dude, like how do you, you, you guys can fit that all that equipment and your egos in a van and not kill each other. Like, I'm amazed. Like, that's incredible. I used to do these gigs with musos in London and it was amazing. Like, they were so talented and I would go up and they'd come up and be like, man, we love, like, like they loved me. Like, the crowd loved them, but they liked me. <laughs> just always amazed by that. But, yeah, it's it's a funny, rela- I think, like, any... Sorry, the point uh, to do to do a classic uh, circle back, like one of your patented circle backs. There we go. That's uh, the point I was trying to make. I did invent them, yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm very proud of you. Uh, <laughs> they based the wheel off them. <laughs> it's nice and round. Um, to explain the joke to the people. Uh, anyway, so um, uh, what the fuck was it? Yeah, it's. I find that thing where they say we look brave and stuff really funny, because like that implies that while we're up there we look like we're having such a bad time <laughs> that it's like it's like a war you know like it's it's like someone being told they have cancer it's like that's how we appear to them on the stage and it's like no nah, I'm, I'm having fun dude i'm drunk like i'm really enjoying this <laughs> like, I, i'm sorry it came across that way i'm not brave at all i'm having a ball this is sick like i get paid for this does that not, does that not hurt your feelings like, this like, it's not brave it's dumb financially but i still get paid you know oh man yeah it's literally the pokey like you put in like whenever you get like you put in like hundreds of dollars and then when you actually get like a small payout it's mm. a win for you like that's what i look at yeah. it like and but the difference is i actually enjoy doing comedy whereas like people are like oh i just do it for the 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 fun of gambling dude there's no fun in fucking game like there's yeah. no people love it though i mean yeah it's it's funny now cuz like comedy's like my job now mm. so like it's one day it's maybe weird. i'll get there 
Yeah, oh man, like uh, more people should do it. Like it's it's hard. It's fucking hard in this country. I'll tell you that for free. It's much oh. easier elsewhere. But um yeah, it's it's funny because like I still remember like those first like like years where I would like drive to Newcastle like two hours each way mm. for like an unpaid ten. Mm. You know, like I'd be mm. like, Oh, I have I have to go. <laughs> like how, how could I not? Like on my Saturday night, of course I want to drive to Newcastle for free. Yeah, I'll drive the other acts. No, I won't ask for petrol money. Let's go. <laughs> I like I had one. I was Steve Phillips. He like put it in my like windscreen wiper when he left the car, just to be like, take some fucking money. I'm getting paid. I do this for a living. You're an idiot. Just take the money. For petrol. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny. It's like it's it's really cool. I think I think the coolest moment of comedy is when no one's paying you i think that's like the the coolest bit like the most fun like i feel like it's one of those things you don't it's like it's like primary school or high school dude when you're doing it you don't realize how how good it is until after and you look back i'm assuming it's like that like right now like i've heard uh, like again, podcast is the only way I connect with comedians. Oh, so you're in um, like seven comedians down there. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Two of them are Chris Ryan, dude, and, and I'm um, the other one's Ryan Chris, not to be mistaken. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I don't even count as one of those seven too. So like, I, it's only only part of what I what i uh aspire if you're not part of that seven i'm gonna walk off this fucking podcast right now you know like i was led to believe that you were an important member of the seven i would say top five of the seven well um rapidly well i mean i'm probably in the top five comedians in canberra with an abn maybe (laughs) you gotta take the victories that's the worst part. Having the ABN, you get to see how fucking shit of a like a financial investment being a comedian actually is. Oh, I mean, I've got... Don't even get me started on this stuff. Uh, but the, the fact that in a regular job, like these functional people, like accountants get paid like a wage where like their business takes out the tax for them and like they just get like a group certificate at the end of the year and it's like here. And they're like, thanks. And that's the end. And like comedians and musicians who are the biggest idiots, like I know, like we have to just figure it out. Like, <laughs> we're like this small business enterprise somehow. It's like, hey, did you keep your receipts? It's like, what? That's why they kept asking me at the service station. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I can, what I can get deductions for depreciation. Are you saying my laptop's worthless? What is going on? Like, why are we the ones who are expected to know about this shit? Out of all people. Uh, it's actually a really good point. I, I spoke about this. I uh, had, uh, actually, he's in Newcastle now, uh, Bradley Bishop, a Canberra comedian. Um, oh, yeah. yeah and, and, um, he sort of is around the, like, maybe three-year mark, maybe. Yeah. Um, and um, he... He was on my podcast and we're chatting about the times that, you know, you go away and do a gig and then you're just like, dude, I've never gone to a gig, uh, gone to, like done anything and lost money and felt so happy as I do when I do it for comedy. <laughs> yeah. Like, Man. you were talking about uh, relationships, like me being in one in mm. order to like, you know, 
instead of being that guy that's always on Tinder just hooking up with chicks, I need to like offer a six month commitment. Um, it's like I'll I'll go to a gig, like you said, two hours each way, not get paid, whatever. But then someone will go like to the south of Canberra when they live Northside for a date, and then be mad that they have to pay for it. <laughs> They got across the river. They're like, this is bullshit. Yes. Wait, is it a river? No, it's Lake, Lake Burley Griffin. Isn't That's it? right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? I'm, 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 I'm misdiagnosing my Canberra. <laughs> it's like, before comedy, I'd never been to Adelaide. I'd never been to Perth. I don't think I've been to the Gold Coast since I was like 10. Like, you just you go around, you know? Like, you get to, you get to kind of be in that and like, that's interesting. And like, yeah, like the first, so many fringe festivals and comedy festivals, I made a loss, like for sure. Like, you know, and you're there for a month and you're like, it's all consuming. Like you are mm. actively stabbing your <laughs> mental health, like just for this stupid thing. And it's great. Like it's, it's really fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Cause like a lot of people find it really hard and like, I, I get that. Like I do get why it's hard. But, like, it is really fun. Like, to think that most people, their whole day is, like, emails and, mm. like, things, like, and just not, just nothing. Like, and, you know, I still get to complain about my job to them. <laughs> As part of your job. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, you know what sucks? You guys. They're like, yeah, that's about 20 bucks. <laughs> it's like um, an, another comedian that I listened to the podcast, uh, Dean Delray. He's a uh, opener for Bill Burr. I, I worked with him when I did some Zoom stuff with Burr. He was so funny. Holy shit, great. dude. Tell me about that. Oh, um, yeah, I did. I did some shows. I did two, actually. He did the first one. Um, that was like for a charity uh, in America. Was Bill did this. Uh, gig on Zoom it was like when America was still locked down. It was like this kid got injured playing hockey. I think mm. like this kid in Boston. Yeah. So part of this show where it's like gave oh, all the pros yeah. and it was like um, it was like very limited tickets. I think it was like a thousand people or something. Mm. Um, and yeah, like because I was associated with like the the comedy club, which is, I I put it in inverted commas because it's an online comedy club. Mm. Like Dan, do you want to open? And I was like, cool. So I got to like you know very minimal, but just like you know introduce them do like a quick set and then yeah like delray oh, was awesome. like so funny i'd never heard of him oh um, dude yeah Fuck. it was great sorry like fun fun kind of stories off the back of that is um so with delray i was like hey man like, i grabbed him on twitter and was like hey man i really liked your set like you were so funny blah 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 um and then he replied back being like, thanks, bro. Really appreciate the support. Come to a show sometime. So he just clearly had forgotten that you that were I, the dude, the other guy on the show, apart from Bill, and just thought I was like some fan congratulating him. So that was fun. And Fuck then yeah, the uh, second one is that Bill Burr mentioned me on his podcast, but he called me Danny something or other. <laughs> <laughs> And like they, the club said it to me, like, you got mentioned on his podcast, man. And like, I was like, that's so cool. Cause like Bill Burr is like such a big deal, like to me. And yeah. Like, yeah. Same. So great. And like, yeah. And then I like listened to the recording and it's like this guy from Australia, he was hilarious. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, his name was Danny something or other. I don't know. He was great. Holy like, shit. Fuck. 
Dude, because I, I actually I actually um, heard that episode. I've been listening to the Monday Morning Podcast for a few years now, probably yeah. about five years. Um, and I remember hearing that episode and being like, because it was just when I started getting into um, sort of doing my podcast and that sort of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, I have to look that guy up and like see if I can get him for a guest one day. And then I was like, oh, I can't really backtrack it enough to work out who Danny something or other was. So, <laughs> hey, look, I accidentally fulfilled one of my fucking long-term goals today and I didn't even realize. Hey, look, mate, congratulations. Here I am in the flesh. My wife was like, so are you going to legally change your name to that? And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> She's like, it'll probably help your career. And I was like, shut up. Oh man, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, uh, Del Rey. But he was saying uh, just the quote from Del Rey, which like I fucking um, it just goes to show how much of a how committed he is to the lifestyle because you obviously need to be committed to that f to first ten years of not getting paid before you can start to try and get a following and get an income from it. But he was saying that I'd prefer to work 16 hours a day for myself than eight hours a day for someone else. Yeah. I, I think that's a really yeah beautiful way to put it. And like, don't get me wrong. I think we kind of get sold that a little bit in companies. They're like, Hey, no, you want to work here. We treat you real good. Look at the hoodie with the branding on it. It's mm. great yours take it work 12 hours now no i'm not gonna pay you but like you know there's a bit of that but yeah i mean that's it it's funny because like i think a lot of people see me as someone who works very hard which like i i take as a compliment i think in australia it's probably seen as an insult but that's okay <laughs> that's our weird cultural heritage where trying hard is somehow a horrific thing uh but genocide is fine uh anyway so um sorry D uh, don't worry, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my audience isn't going to be the kind that's like, oh, good. He mentions the like the bad things from our past. Yeah, yeah, ours is more the likely to pay you out for being like a hardworking person. Don't worry. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I well, like, yeah. So it's just like, yeah. I I didn't get into comedy to not work. Like, you know, I I hope that makes sense. Like, I didn't get into comedy to like not work. I got yeah. into comedy to work as a comedian mm. like that's that's kind of it you know like i'm happy to put in like a 12-hour day but i just don't want it to be for like kpmg i want it to be for daniel Muggleton making people laugh mm. or like you know even like the admin side like you know rooms that i've ran or like things like, like you know i see the value in that so i'm mm. happy to work hard i want to work hard because improving is what i want so yeah, like, you know, people are like, oh, I got into comedy to smoke cones, and I'm like, no, 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 you just have a marijuana addiction. You're not in comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a legit point though. Like the um, it, it's like the first time you actually do a gig. Like I, the first gig, I proper gig that I ever did, as uh, I opened for my buddy uh, Bill Macon at the Canberra Comedy Festival. I think it mm. was after I made no comedy for like maybe two years or something. Yeah. And, um, dude, just that fit. It was like Goodfellas where they go in through the fucking kitchen and, <laughs> and, uh, he's, he's just like, yeah, you know, like, Hey, you don't need to go in through the fr front. You're like one of the fucking guys. Now you go in through the back, you sit in the fucking green room. <laughs> like you get a beer, like it's, it's, <laughs> 
and then and then you add an open mic like a week later and mm. um you feel like at the end of goodfellas when he's in witness protection he's like i ordered like spaghetti and they they gave me egg noodles with fucking pasta sauce you know and you're back on your ass again <laughs> yeah i mean it's really funny how everyone says like comedy is like a very humbling industry i i don't know i don't don't count me on this story but i've been told it i don't want to be like i might be wrong because i could have asked them drunk and i might have forgot it's like me with the Polly Shaw story. With hot, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Could be wrong. Whatever. <laughs> um, you get the point. But no, basically, uh, the Umbilical Brothers, uh, you know, some of Australia's best comedy exports of all time, um, were doing a spot on Letterman. They did a spot on Letterman, or like it was something on American TV. Like mm. I forget exactly what it was, but when that aired, they were hosting the final of Green Faces in Canberra, which was like a new act competition. So like they were simultaneously like making their international debut on mm. American TV, but also hosting a new act final. Yeah, in down in like um, fifty people in a bar. Yeah, at the at the um the Irish club in Watson, dude. I used to do an open mic there. Really? Yeah, no, dude. So funny. I I just love it because like, Jeff ran it actually. Jeff used to run that room. Ah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, more world, but yeah. like, yeah, just you know, you think it's you think you've made. Yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. You know, on American TV, it's like, hey man, you want five hundred bucks to MC this thing in camera? Yeah, sure, done. Lock me in. Fuck yeah, dude. I, I feel like works work. Like, it, it's yeah. If you, I've always seen it as like I'll take stage time wherever I can get it, man. I used to go along to um anywhere I could get up. Like I've, I, I went up and did this is dude i'm not even like i don't even i'm not gonna pretend this was years ago like 18 months ago i went out oh no it was pre-lockdown so like 19 uh 2019 mid 2019 mm. friends were going to a karaoke bar dude i can't fucking sing so what do i do when it's my turn just chuck on the backing track i want to be like talking over for my comedy set and do <laughs> do fucking 20 minutes worth of random so like songs where i just talk shit to like the 40 mates that i had in the room with me dude that is crazy i believe you must be banned from karaoke now that is mental <laughs> that's your friends and they let you go they let you do it <laughs> to be fair man it would have been worse if i tried to sing so yeah fair enough i guess it is like fuck there's actually the lesser of two evils we're gonna be okay um yeah, so what, whatever I could get. Whenever I can get on stage, get some mic time, I'll do it. Um, we are talking earlier about my fans, and um, I did put a shout-out for questions there. Just sure. to give you an idea, um, I know we're getting into the questions, fucking like whatever, towards the end of the thing, but whatever. Yeah, doesn't matter. Oh, man, I love the flow. So let's, let's get it. I've, I'm going to select one question, which just gives an accurate description of my exact fucking fan base. Sure. They want to know, are you a folder or a scruncher? Oh man, this is this is. I didn't realize your fan base was uh, AM radio listeners. <laughs> uh, this is fun. Uh, you got to got to fold. I mean, I find that weird because like in my head to do anything else is absurd. Like I don't think I've ever scrunched. Imagine scrunching just for one moment and just how much of a fucking animal you'd have to be. I just it just seems so inefficient. Like folding, it's essentially creating your own ply, and like the only and like you've got. 
basically one square. And if like, and if you can't hit your asshole with one square with like twelve ply on it, like I don't think you should be allowed to drive. Like I need a carer like immediately. Like, but then I say all this. My I found out my wife scrunches. I was I was shocked. I was like, in this house, like that. Oh, kind of- it's been happening right under your nose this whole time, dude. And this is the thing. Um, you, you feel like you, you feel like. Uh, your bathroom's been defiled. You're like, we we got this together. This was our sacred place, and I find that you're doing that. Uh, the other the other showstopper is the over under on the roll, right? That wasn't a question, by the way. Although that's a very AM radio. It's got to be over. It's got to be over. That I had an opinion until recently. Now I'll switch it. I'll like public restroom, private. I'll I'll switch it. I'll switch it to the way that I want, and I'll leave it that way. Like it's it's my colonial blood coming out, you know. I'm like, this is how we toilet paper in my country, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, I know that. Um, yeah, we sort of ran like longer, but I'll uh, I'll do a couple of like just general questions here. Um, Please, you spoke. You're talking about like doing comedy in different parts of the world, like England. Um, have you done comedy anywhere else aside from uh, through England? Yeah, man. Um, I've done Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, uh, England, Scotland, Wales, Italy, Estonia, Latvia. Oh, did I do comedy in Latvia? I don't think I did comedy in Latvia. I was just there after yep. Estonia. Um, Netherlands, I did a bunch. Sweden, Finland, uh, Norway, Poland I've done a couple of times. Mm-hmm um yeah man like around uh definitely not the u.s never because that would have been a violation of my visa definitely not the u.s <laughs> wing all right we got it um yeah, <laughs> yeah spots, man, to be fair yeah awesome uh the you were talking about different crowds and like crowd work in different areas and that like sort of addressing you being from a different place if you're going to especially like I've obviously well I don't know if it's obvious at this fucking point just check my <laughs> um how many people follow me on Instagram you'll know um if I miss I'm, I haven't got that blue tick but I haven't done comedy outside of Australia at this point um just at at the point of this recording i mean i might be fucking 12 years later and someone's going back and listening through my catalogs of the moment that my career just took a massive shift in the right direction and pinpointed (laughs) it at this podcast so if hello person from the future that's either trying to find a fucking me too um moment in one of my previous episodes or you really like me and you're trying to catch up on all my content um there you go. Got that out of the way. Um, Good stuff. I like it. I do, I do enjoy the caveat. It's like, yeah, if, if I got hired by SNL and you're trying to fire me, fuck you. Anyway, if you're a fan, though, thanks. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm glad we got that as a, um, as a caveat for this fucking episode. To be fair, any, uh, like, um, I feel like that's my only hope to get like multiple listeners on this is if so they're trying to find some fucking thing to like to fuck you on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. um yeah, yeah. Oh, shout out to the uh 
you know, whoever the fuck is listening back to try and pin one of us for something. Also, if you're trying to pin Daniel for something, make sure you come over and subscribe to my shit too. Like, while I'm getting some traffic this way, I may as well capitalize on it. Yeah, I'll make sure all the articles written telling me that I need to be deplatformed and I should kill myself, give a proper hyperlink to this podcast. It's like, if you want to listen to Daniel's controversial appearance, here it is right here. Thank you so much. Exactly. I'll, I'll share that fucking thing. Um, but yeah... Um, you were, were talking about like crowd work and things like that, um, and I, I obviously um, haven't done comedy outside of Australia, but um, I feel like crowd work would be different in different like areas depending on um, you know what's relatable or what you're addressing or whatever. And you, a lot of your social media, you upload like crowd work videos, which I totally want to do more of because I think that. The, a lot of that is content that you're happy to burn. Like you're not going to recreate crowd work most of the time, whereas yeah, it's good course. content to have online. Oh, man, I, I started doing that when I saw uh, Paul Smith from the Hot Water Comedy Club because um, he would do that all the time. Mm. He would absolutely bang and he's got a huge following off the back of it. And I was like, that is a sick idea. I will mm. do that also. I've got a couple of crowd work videos, obviously not as well filmed as yours. They're done by like a GoPro or whoever I was dating at the time that I told to record my set um, or like another comedian where like I said I'd record their set if they recorded mine, blah, oh, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Good pro quo, love it. Yeah, yeah. Or like you record their set and they leave during the break and you're up in the second half because you told the MC that you had like some risky shit and he didn't want to put you up in front of the crowd that wanted to be there. Oh, man, I've forgotten what all this feels like. I remember that. I remember being like, where should I put you? I remember that was the thing in one of the clubs in England. They're like, what kind of material are you doing? We don't want to put people with similar material back to back. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I love I love that that's uh, like we don't want to put them back to back and it's not like we don't want to put people, like we don't want to put you up where you're going to make people walk out and miss the show for the com- other comedians that are doing more PC shit. Yeah, they're like, it's just, I don't know. It's it's such a bizarre way to control a show. Mm. I don't know. They, they were just, it, was like a, it was like a new comics thing. I wasn't a new comic, so I would always just get the shits. Because they were like, how many gigs have you done? Just to get an idea of your experience. Like, I've been doing this seven years. I moved here to do it professionally. Just put me on the fucking lineup. <laughs> like, God. Um, but yeah, with your uh, crowd work. I'm special there. Sorry. <laughs> they're, they're lovely. I feel bad. Angel comedy. I do have a lot of time for angel comedy. Uh, anyway, um <laughs> good man um shout out to the uh the the uh fucking whatever the media controller for angel angel comedy that's just come back to try and find anywhere where you've bowed bad mouth <laughs> in the future I make I sure bad. i was just i was like oh geez they were really good to me in the end it was uh whatever you know you gotta be nice no, it's like you're saying about getting mad at an accountant. You've got to, you've got to like sometimes get mad about shit that you might not necessarily be mad about because it's part of the bit. Yeah, you just got to lean into it. Anyway, come on. He loves do. angel comedy so much that he had to say something because that's part of the bit. Exactly. There I we had go. To, I had to bring something. I had to shout him out. All right, so crowd work international. What do you? Um, what do you- uh, the um, so you've recently had a video that hit million over a million views with the um, with the uh, don't dog the boys video. Where was that filmed? That was filmed at Angel Comedy. Ah. Angel Comedy. It really was. It actually really was. Filmed. Yeah. 
<laughs> How funny is that? It's fucking turned around beautifully. Uh, yeah, that, that was filmed there. Uh, it was really funny because I, I came up with that joke, not the start, but like the most of it because the start is kind of about the UK, but like the bulk of it, I came up with like 2017 and I filmed the special and I forgot to record it. Both shows. I just forgot to say the joke. Yeah, yeah. Both shows. Like I did two shows in one night, forgot both times. And I was just like, fuck, well, I guess I'm leaving it. <laughs> uh and then yeah it was it was really cool that it got such a good response because like i really it was my favorite joke at the time too like and i forgot it just because i'm a dummy and uh yeah so it was cool that it got so many views and people seem to you know vibe it i guess is the word yeah for sure did i um dig that uh i, I dig that when you have a really good fucking joke that sometimes you'll forget it like if it's your favorite joke it's like you've nearly it's so natural that you forget to do it it's because it, like that's what I find because it's not forced. It's such a good bit that it's not a stress for you to do because it you enjoy doing it. That sometimes it's just too casual to do. Yeah, you're not you're not like the bits that need work. You're focused on. You've been thinking about them. You've been trying to fix them. But then the stuff that works well, you're like, yeah, fuck, that'll be fine. I don't need to worry about that one. I love it when you have a comedian, you know they've got a favorite bit that they pull out when they start bombing. So, like, you watch them and if they pull that bit out, you're just like, oh, fuck, he reckons he's doing shit. Like, he's pulled yeah, yeah, out yeah. that old favorite, eh? Oh, man. Yeah, it's really... Oh, fuck, I forgot. Yeah, when you, like, really know someone's set, it's, like, very funny to just... When something goes wrong, it is the best. Like, when you've seen this thing just kill so many times, you're like, yeah, yeah, just get through the fucking thing. And then something goes wrong, and you get to, and you just immediately run to, like, the bit of the stage where you can actually, like, you know, to the, so you can see the stage, so you can yeah, see yeah. the face, and you can see how they try and fix it. It's, it's so great. I described watching one of my buddies bomb um, on stage as the um, Mo when, when Homer's getting beaten up by fucking Dredrick Tatum and he's just like, has to, he's like, dude, I have to get the fuck out of here. And he just comes back in with the fan man and just airlifts him out of the ring. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah, yeah. I literally, if I had a fucking fan man um, on me at some point, I would just sometimes, if I'm running an open mic and one of my buddies is on stage eating his, like, so I hype this one of my mates up um, as like the closer at an open mic, like, oh, fuck, he's the closer. And then, like, he's trying new shit, gets up there and just fucking eats his dick. And the, <laughs> and the best part about it was he opened with the new stuff knowing that he had, like, reliable material to go to, if, like, to win him back if it didn't work. Yeah. Tries doing the reliable shit and they fucking hate that as well, dude. They hate it more because he's delivered it with, like, confidence to the that they were like... Yeah, he's... he's like, I don't know who this is. I want to keep it that way. I want this to just be a random comedian. Played that 100% wrong. <laughs> and, like, not yeah. even close to playing that right. You go out, you address the fact that you last. You're not the best. You just last, right? That's how you start. And then you start with a good joke that establishes who you are as a comedian. You finish that. They laugh. And then you get into the new shit. And then you pepper in old to save it whenever you're losing them. And then at the end. So completely wrong play there. You hate to see it. Uh, but, I mean, I would have loved to watch it. But you do hate to see it. You know? Oh, man. So I, I told this guy that analogy. Like the fan. Dude, doesn't say anything. 
he just walks off laughing at himself and just being last up. He just gets in his fucking car and goes, right? The, yes. n- the next day, I just get a GIF from him on Facebook Messenger of the fan man lifting Homer out of the ring. Like, that's yeah, just yeah. the only fucking communication I got. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but... um. We got we got anything else, or we got to wrap this thing up? No, well, uh, I mean, we could talk for ages, man. To be honest with you, I um, dig the flow of the episode, and it's been good to fucking chat to you after what it's been over twelve months. I think that um, that you came to Canberra and did that uh, did a gig with Jeff when I met you in no, person. That can't be right. It must it must be like six because I think it was like before the festival season this year, oh, so maybe like yeah. February or something. No, yeah. I've got a, I've got a good, yeah, like, good point, yeah. But that's why, yeah. But I'm hopefully I'll be back in Canberra soon. Yeah, uh, dude. Um, so lockdowns allowing. Yeah, pe- pending uh, travel restrictions. It'd be cool to fucking have you back here, man. Um, before we uh, head off, you mentioned. Um, oh, actually, your commentation, your commentation um, on um, on the bombing was you know of of my mate was actually um very much like a sports presenter have you got any shout outs that you'd like to do um relating to sports presenter perhaps linked to the olympics or anything like that sports jeez oh, you fucking lined me up here like what i'm doing a shout out to sport what was that like is in it was kind of like a roy and hg thing i'm like i'm talking you through what happened out there yeah exactly it was literally like that like the like the well, I am a radio. I'm an AM radio fan, so we need to understand that a lot of my fans are used to listening to sports via audio only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, honestly, with it's it's really funny because like I do feel like I don't know if it'd be interesting to anyone, but commentating stand up comedy is very funny to me because you see it, like you see, like oh, he's gone for it there. <laughs> <laughs> idea he thought he was going to bring the house down get him on board but they've not gone with it and unfortunately he has written nothing apart from the premise so he has nowhere to go he's going to flounder he's going to repeat himself he's going to say fuck a few too many times the audience isn't buying it <laughs> not confident it is flailing they've realized he started to sweat he grabbed at the mic stand missed it by an inch no good He's going to have to work hard to recover here. He's dove into the old, but his eyes are glazed over because he's still thinking about why the new bit didn't work. The audience haven't bought it. It's the end of the show. He's laughing while he walks off, but inside he is crying and wishing Mark had a fan. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Um, well, it, it took me to the end of the show, but I think I found my clip. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, dude, uh, you uh, have a uh, shout out. So you, um, you've got uh, your podcast that you do with Steve. Do you want to do a shout out with that? Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, if you if you want to if you if you've enjoyed me talking, uh, I do the same thing with an American American man called Steve Hofstadter, a uh, very successful and funny comedian in his own right. Um, we do it every Tuesday morning, eleven a.m. Australian time. Uh, it's on Zoom. It's a very interactive show as well. So you can actually ask us questions. Like today, I feel like I dodged the bulk of the questions. Uh, but yeah, also the best places to find me are just at Dan Muggleton on Instagram. That's probably the best shout. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Just, you know, um, The Running Joke is my, my regular my regular club in Sydney where I host every week. 
Yeah, that's right, man. Um, I'll uh, put links in the description to any of the like your socials and things like that as well for anyone who wants to jump over there. Uh, you know me. If you're listening to this episode, you already know who I am, I guess. There's no... Um, like you imagine if you just accidentally stumbled on the podcast and just didn't know any of my socials which i like link to the podcast but if you if if that is the chances if this is someone looking back to try and cancel dan in the future make sure you check me out at marky worthington comedy on facebook instagram um and youtube and you can find me on twitter at marky comedy all right awesome thanks so much man thanks for having me yeah cheers for being on dude don't buy me a drink. Just name names. Yeah, so yeah right. Big Tony. You'll get fucking thrown out of the strip club with your floppy disk. Yeah, all day. Make people feel shame for shit all day. Yeah. <laughs> Don't blow it. Turn it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it simple. Count your money.